This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 2, Episode 7, Women, Wealth, and Wow. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I'm your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and creative entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I will introduce you to Anne-Marie Fayola of Brambleberry Soap Making Supplies in Bellingham, Washington. Brambleberry has been a member of the Indie Business Network since 2001, and I have been blessed to have a front row seat to its tremendous entrepreneurial story. Not only that, my relationship in business with Anne-Marie has given way to a wonderful personal relationship as well, and I am pleased to call her my dear friend today. In this interview, you'll hear how she found her true calling in the field of soap making, including a bit of a scary story that was a turning point in her life as a prison guard. Yes, you heard that correctly, a prison guard. Fast forward to today, and Anne-Marie has amassed a storehouse of tips and ideas to help you be successful in your business, as you are also enjoying what you do and having lots of fun. You will also love the reading recommendations she shares in this episode. Get your favorite bookstore account or library card fired up now. It's all about women, wealth, and wow on the Indie Business Podcast. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 20. I'll be right back with Anne-Marie Fayola. Welcome to Indie Business Podcast, Anne-Marie Fayola. Thank you so much for having me, Donna Maria. It's such an honor. Now, I love interviewing my guests from wherever they are in the wide world and letting people know, you know, different sorts of working environments. And where are we interviewing you from today, Anne-Marie? Donna Maria, I am in Bellingham, Washington, the Pacific Northwest. Are you in your, in your home office, in your office office? Where are you? Your warehouse? I am in my office office, and my office office is located in the Brambleberry warehouses, uh, and it's kind of in a little cute industrial slash residential neighborhood. So we have like restaurants within walking distance and Trader Joe's within walking distance, so it's a mix. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a nice industrial area. We don't have any like that around here. It really out. is. And, you know, my company's been growing so much and I'm really, we're, we are crammed into this warehouse and I know that I really should move, but I don't want to because I know that I'm going to have to move out to one of those types of industrial areas that you have out there mm-hmm. um, where there's not a lot of amenities and you don't walk anywhere and there's no sidewalks. And so we yeah. just keep cramming in here. That is, that is so nice. Well, congratulations on all your success and your success. And so for people, Anne-Marie, who don't know you or don't know very much about Brambleberry, give us the high-level overview of your business and how it started. Absolutely. So I started making soap when I was 16 years old and selling it all throughout high school and all throughout college. And I got my degree in psychology with an emphasis in criminal justice because I really wanted to work in the corrections field or work for the FBI or do something around criminal justice because I felt so strongly about that cycle and seeing what I could do to change it from the inside out. 
So I became a correctional officer and I worked medium security prison and then minimum security prison. And after about nine months of doing my chosen job, you know, the job that I had gone to school for, I realized that I was a terrible corrections officer because I am so naturally optimistic and so sunny and always believe the best in everything and everybody and the the reality of working in corrections really weighed on me. And I went home with a heavy heart every night, heavy for the system, heavy for the cycle of abuse and poverty, heavy for the people that I was working with, taking care of, uh, I guess, guarding would be the the appropriate term. Mm -hmm. So I made soap every night as kind of my creative outlet. And I still have been selling soap at this point for uh, four or five years. And so when it came time that it was very clear that I needed to pursue a different career, I quit my job with the idea that I would sell soap for three months just until I found a different job. And literally that first weekend when I made $1,000 at a craft show, I just lit up inside because I realized that I could help other people that did not love their jobs have a really flexible, wonderful working environment, making and selling do-it-yourself beauty products. And so that's where Brambleberry.com was born from, kind of this desire to help other women and men experience the transition that I had done. And so I sold soap for about five more years to bootstrap Brambleberry.com. So I do Brambleberry during the week. And then on the week, and then go home and make soap. And then on the weekends, I'd load up my Subaru and do a craft show anywhere in Washington, Oregon, or Idaho. And I did that for about five years until Brambleberry was finally kind of on its feet enough that I could do Brambleberry full time. Wow, what a great story! And I love that you that you shared so honestly about sort of the disconnect between the as you called yourself sunny and I guess the not so sunny environment that you found yourself in and nine months is not a long time so you figured this out really quickly what was it that sort of um, you know helped you to see that you know there was really no need to even try to continue on the path that you had started well two things Donna Maria first of all I noticed that I was becoming more snappy and Mm. not as happy at home so when I was not at home or when I was not at work, my personality was was changing. It was mm. being weighed down. Mm. And then the second thing was an incident that happened at work where one of my guys that I was taking care of slash guarding, he came down to the correctional officer area, the desk that you sat behind, and said, hey, I'm hungry. And it's 2 in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And I was working the night shift by myself. And instead of saying, go back to your room, sorry, you didn't have enough for dinner or whatever, I took my big old thing of keys and walked into the kitchen, unlocked the kitchen that had access to knives, access to everything in there, and cooked this guy up a fried egg. And that was my aha moment, that I clearly had terrible boundaries and I was going to eventually get myself into an unsafe situation because I just cared too much and believed the best about every single person. Wow. So okay. that was my big kind of like, yeah, this is not a job for you. You're getting depressed. And holy cow, did you really do that? Did you really <laughs> just let one of your prisoners have 
sit beside you while you're cooking him a fried <laughs> egg with knives around? Like, that's crazy. Oh, wow, Anne-Marie. That's such an interesting story. And um, it just showcases, uh, you know, the power that we have to really look at our lives and look at our personalities and create something that we can, you know, input into our lives that will fit us and who we are as opposed to changing who we are to fit a job. Absolutely. And you know what? I really believe that there are so many people that are working in jobs because they, they truly do need to, right? They need to provide food for their family. And so I want to make it really clear that I did have a plan before I quit my job. I knew that I could sell soap because I had been doing it for four or five years. I didn't just quit my job with no plan. I knew that I could make the money to pay for my mortgage and to take care of my then student husband because he didn't have a job. And so I, I did have a plan before I took that leap. Very smart. Thank you for that reminder. Um, when I quit my job, I didn't. So I wish I could have been you. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I learned the harder way. But, you know, what, what you're describing is so inspirational um, to see that you transitioned. You didn't just, you know, chop your old life off and, you know, just, you know, well, I'm just going to go do this now. You really did sit down and think things through. So tell us, Anne-Marie, what was that process like? What was it like to sit down and plan that out and not know what was going to happen? You know, soap making back in those days was, you know, it was kind of popular, but, you know, there weren't a lot of people making a whole lot of money at it. So... Well, and you know what? It, actually, I don't know how popular it really was. I still think, I mean, back when I started making soap, there was the Ann Branson book, Making Soap and Loving It. And that was it, right? I mean, there was no, you know, YouTube didn't exist. Uh, the internet, as we know, what didn't exist. AOL was still the most popular browser. Uh, you know, it was very much a hippie kind of people made it, you know, people made it out of lard from their, in their farms, but it definitely hadn't hit kind of, kind of mainstream. So my plan really was around how many bars of soap do I have to sell to make at least $1,000 a month so I can pay my $454 mortgage. And I, you know, I had to sell 350. I was like, okay, 350 bars of soap per month is what I need to sell. Let's just chunk that down. How many does that need to be per weekend? Mm -hmm. How many does that need to be through my mom's friends? Mm -hmm. How many does that have to be wholesale to uh, different businesses around town? And so I really kind of, I did it that way. I said, how much money do I need to make? And then I made the plan for how much I had to sell. Like, how am I going to sell that? Where are the 50 bars going to go for it at $5 a bar? Where are the 50 bars going to go for it at 275 a bar? Like, how, what am I doing at each level? And that's what my plan was. It wasn't in, wasn't a big, huge, fancy, like, diagram thing out on a wall. It was literally, how do I sell a 1,000 bars of soap a month? Where am I going to do that? How am I going to do that? Anne-Marie, was your plan from the beginning to use the soap to create Brambleberry supplies or were you just doing both for a while to kind of see which one you wanted to do? That's a great question. And after that first week when I went, oh my goodness, I have so much of a bigger calling. There is so much more here than just selling amazing soap that is better than what you can buy in the stores. I can actually help people. That's my calling. After it was that first weekend, that's when it was it was all in for Brambleberry. So all in. such clarity. I, I love that. It was your calling and you figured out a way to pursue it. That's so exciting. Now, what year was this that you started this? 1998 is when Brambleberry.com started. 
So here we are over 15 years later, Anne-Marie. What sorts of things have you seen over the years in terms of um, advances for women to be able to be successful in a business that uses the Internet like yours does? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you, Internet, because <laughs> thank, you, thank you, government, for helping to create the Internet. Yes, because, yes. you know, I look at the startup costs now to running a business and starting a business and they are low they're still you know you still have to plan it and you still have to save for it but now you can build a website shopping cart for 39 dollars a month right back when i was building shopping you know having to do my first shopping carts you know you were looking at like a five thousand or ten thousand dollar investment and of course as brambleberry is growing the shopping cart pricing has of course gone up dramatically but the startup costs are so much less now. And I think that's a real tool for women because rightly or wrongly so, the a lot of the caregiving and a lot of the household tasks often fall to women. And so you end up, you end up trying to balance, like, how am I going to be, how am I going to take care of my household? How am I going to be a great mother and still do a really great job at trying to do a small business? And that's where it's so great to have the flexibility that all these internet-based resources have to offer. You don't have to always go into an office every single day to sell. You can sell from wherever you are, whenever you want. You can sell in your sleep using online shopping carts. So I think that's really been such a huge thing for women. Another thing I think that's helped dramatically over the last 15 years for women is just seeing more women leaders as, as dismal as the Fortune 500 numbers are, they are still better than they were. And there are so many strong women leaders in the indie and maker movement that women can look up to, that they can model themselves after, and that they can learn from and also say, oh my goodness, look at what good that person is doing. Look at the platform they have. I can do that too. And that wasn't available really 15 or 20 years ago. And so I just think that seeing women doing it and doing it successfully is a huge positive for all women entrepreneurs that are just starting their businesses right now today. Anne-Marie, who, who did you look to back in 1998 when you started? Oh, boy. So back in 1998, Jeff Bezos, uh, Amazon.com was losing 25 cents on every single dollar of product they sold. There was no business like on the Internet that had quite cracked the code. Uh, like every single woman back then, Oprah absolutely was like my shining beacon, my, my guiding light. Mm -hmm. I loved Oprah. And then there was another entrepreneur in Bellingham, Washington that I looked up to so much. I, I call this my kind of celebrity stalking, uh, CEO celebrity stalking. I, I do it pretty frequently where I find a, a CEO that I really look up to and admire and I figure out how I can at least get a conversation with them. And that entrepreneur was Erin Baker from Baker's Breakfast Cookies. She sells a basically a bowl of oatmeal and a cookie and it's got all your fiber for, that you need for the day and it's this amazing business and she was located right in Bellingham. And so I really looked up to her and I did everything I could to try and figure out how I could meet her and how I could have lunch with her. And sure enough, she had lunch with me and then another lunch and then another lunch and really kind of mentored me through the first couple of years of hard, hard, hard decisions and hard choices and hard startup life. 
Uh, and then there was another entrepreneur out of Vancouver, Canada, named Jen Strang, who had a master's degree in business. And I would literally fax her my profit and loss statements and be like, okay, tell me what this means. What's going on here? What, what, should, I, what should I pay attention to? So those were the business leaders that I really looked up to. A couple of them were here. And then, of course, Oprah. I, I love the breakfast cookie, by the way. You introduced me to that several years ago, and it, and it is very delicious. So I, I love what you said, though. You just decided that you, you saw something in another person that you found to be potentially useful and exciting and interesting for yourself, and you picked up the phone, I guess, or emailed, and you asked for a meeting. I love that. Yes, and that, and that you know, that usually that works, you know, maybe one-tenth of the time, maybe mm -hmm. one-fifth of the time when you're trying to yeah. talk to a busy person. And so right. some other tips for getting a hold of busy people, figure, and this is my number one, this is what I always do, figure out what nonprofits they're involved in and start going to those dinners, those galas, those auctions, because that's the easiest way to make that connection. Right, right. I, I do love that, that even if it's one out of, you know, 10 or 20 that will respond to you, your story shows when it's the right one then it can develop into something that's long lasting because I know you and Aaron are still friends and business colleagues in every way. We are still, yeah, absolutely. We are still friends and business colleagues. And I, she and I have a phrase that, you know, we just help slingshot each other to the next levels of success. So, <laughs> yes. Like when I was on Home Shopping Network, I did my kind of series of seven shows and within six months, she was on Home Shopping Network. And so we yeah. kind of just you know, incrementally just inspire each other to do more. Isn't it great to have people in your own local area that you can use to, um, you know, not only just make your life better and more fun, but also to help aspire you to new heights in your business. Is, is there anything more fun than that when you're an entrepreneur? Absolutely not. Getting together with other entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. like it is so zingy yes. with emotion and energy and excitement and ah, it's, it is. It's the, it is the best. It is. I, I love doing that. And, I, and I, that's the, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, too, because it's a great opportunity for us to encourage people to, you know, just step outside where it might be comfortable and and make a phone call. It's, it's really good practice for you as a leader. And you never know where it might lead. It can, can lead to some wonderful places. Absolutely. Amory, what is your definition of wealth? <laughs> So uh, my definition of wealth is feeling joy every single day. So it's not about a certain level of money. It's not about finding my happiness in other people. It's about having the space and the time and the energy to feel joy every day. And that only happens you only have the space and the energy and the time to feel joy every day when all the other pieces of your life are mostly put together. When your finances do feel fairly, you know, fairly stable, when you're going through life intentionally with a good internal locus of control, believing that you control your destiny. And you can feel joy and find joy in any situation as Ma Nelson Mandela has shown us as many of the great leaders have shown us under difficult circumstances. So really for me, it's about the feeling. It's about feeling joyful, happy, blissful, engaged every mm -hmm. single day. 
Amory, let's let's talk to some of our listeners who understand exactly what you just said, but it's like Absolutely. just an inch or two outside their reach. Do you know what I mean? Like you can feel it, you can see it, you can taste it, but you, it's like those last 10 pounds, right? How do I get from here across this divide to where I can see that kind of joy? I can sense it in other people. I can sense that it's there for me. What can we, how can we encourage people? What can we tell them to do? What are some concrete things they can do to bridge that gap and, and propel them forward in that direction? Absolutely. Right. Cause you hear this kind of, well, sure. I'm not, I'm not going to feel joy. My dishes are piled up. My kids are, oh my goodness. My kid just got called to the principal's office. I don't know how I'm going to make my car payment. Really? You want me to feel joy? Are you kidding me? I, yes, I absolutely, I absolutely get that. And so the course, the key for mastering your feelings is to understand that you create your feeling, right? You can be happy Mm -hmm. or you can be sad, but either way, your situation is going to be exactly the same. And so some of the best teachers, so some of the things you can do to really ingrain these concepts in you are to read the Daniel Laporte Firestarter Sessions and Daniel Laporte Desire Map. Go through them, do every single piece of homework with them that comes with it. That, by the way, will take you about three months. Uh, at least it takes me at least three months to get through that kind of dense material. Mm-hmm. And start to internalize those lessons. And one of the things that Danielle Laporte really has you doing is focusing on how you want to feel every single day. And so talking to your spouse about how you want to feel, talking talking to your friends about how you want to feel, and, and really putting it out there, either with little signs on your mirror every single day uh, or with little talismans that you surround yourself with so that you are focusing on I want to feel a certain way. So when you have a bad experience, you can go back to, oh yeah, when I planned out my day today, this is how I plan to feel. Another thing you can do is do the entire, Oprah's got an amazing, Oprah and Deepak Chopra have an amazing meditation series. Mm -hmm. And adding that into your daily routine can really focus you on the right feelings starting out in your day and then fine and then finally one other great master that i think has it completely kind of figured out is stephen covey's seven habits of highly effective people and those three books plus the oprah meditation series a that will take you a good six months to do remember baby steps every day small increments of effort and you, I think, will be pretty amazed at where you are emotionally after those six months. Your your situation may be still the same. You may still be wallowing in the same exact place, and your kids still may be getting called into the principal's office, and your car payment still be maybe a stressor. But the way you react to it will feel and be different. Amory, I want to follow up on this little golden nugget that you were just you just shared a bunch of golden bricks. But there's a little nugget in there. I want to follow up on and make sure we don't miss that. You said earlier in our conversation that you planned 
what you wanted your business to be like. Not, not you know, three ring binders and mega pie charts, but you did have a plan. And you just also said that you can plan how you're going to feel on any given day. And I see an interesting parallel there between planning your business and focusing on the results that you want to get in your business and planning how you're going to feel and focusing on the results that you want to get from your feelings on any given day. Do, do you Correct. see do you see a good analogy there? Absolutely. And it's it's funny because I uh, met with a business a, a business mentor about 6 months ago and he said to me he said you are like a robot like you plan so much is there any room for spontaneity? And my answer to that and my answer to him was that by having everything planned out and by having having all of this structure, I'm able to feel incredibly free all the time because I know that I'm working on the right things. And then I, I know that I know if I choose to be spontaneous and blow the entire day off, right? I know what I'm giving up. And so planning for me is, very, is just hugely essential in my personal life, but also especially for business. And I don't want to make it sound like I have amazing days every single day and that the birds only shine, you know, sing for me and the sun only shines in my path because I'm like every single person out there where I have, I have fear of missing out. I have fear of failure. Um, I get in fights with my husband. My kids are not angels, uh, shockingly. And <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a continual process, but I know that as long as I continue to work on it and continue to try and peel those layers of the onion away, that it will, con it will keep getting better and better. It, it, it's almost like what you're saying is that the structure and discipline of planning your life, how you're going to feel on a given day and your business allows you to have the knowledge that what has to be planned is planned. And then that frees you to really enjoy the spontaneity as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there is an amazing uh, author, his name's David Crenshield, or Crenfield, and he has written The Myth of Multitasking is his book, uh, Crenshaw, C-R-E-N-S-H-A-W. And basically I did an entire, I did two days worth of courses with him. So literally like, had him Skype me every single day. We did coaching. I watched two days worth of videos and I have continued to follow his method mixed with Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people and have just seen such gains in how much I'm able to get done during the day. And also how much time I'm able to spend with my family on the weekends. I used to have to work every single weekend because I wasn't getting my work done during the work week. And since starting to time block, and really plan so much more better than I've ever done before. Uh, that's been a huge revelation. And if you would have asked me five years ago if I was doing a good job scheduling my time and planning, I would have told you I was. But it turns out there is always more that you can do. It's always a, it's always, there's always more growth to do no matter what level you're at. I met someone the other day who literally, I'm not, I, I don't want to, well, I was, I met someone the other day, you would actually probably know the name, who is running a $5 billion division in a $12 billion company. And that's billion with a B. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, where do you learn from? 
who are you learning from? You were the best at what you do. Who are you learning from? And he's like, no, there's always someone else to learn from. And then he listed off three people he was currently looking up to and learning from. So there's always another level. You can always do more. I, lo I love this. And I love the example that you're setting that you don't have to actually meet the person that you think can teach you something. You can, like you did with the gentleman you just mentioned on Skype, but you also mentioned some other books, um, Oprah, uh, Danielle Laporte and Deepak Chopra, for example, not that you won't meet them, or maybe you already have, but the idea is that you can use what resources they make available and you can take full advantage of them without ever having to be physically in touch with them at all. And you can Absolutely. learn so much. Yeah. So just to, just to be mentored by people who don't even really know you personally is a wonderful a wonderful thing. And that's what books allows us to do. That's what the internet videos and TED Talks, etc., all allow us to do. Absolutely. So Anne-Marie, let's talk a little bit about how you wow people, because you do that all the time. And you know, I'm not, I'm not just talking about, you know, the sunny aspects of your disposition, which really are fantastic. And I enjoy personally being in your presence because you are such a positive influence. But what I want to talk about is how do you structure your organization and your business so that your customers are constantly looking to you for the next exciting thing that you're going to share. What, how, how do you create that wow? What, what tips can you share? Well, so one of the things that I did about a, literally a decade ago was I came up with what Brambleberry's five core values as a company that we are going to always espouse and always do. And one of those five values is be an industry leader. And for me, being an industry leader means a lot of things, but it does mean trying to, it does mean trying to wow and be fanatical with our customer service. It does mean creating customer uh, stories where our entire customer service team will, will know, Hey, this is the type of customer that we have. This is the things that they're facing. Please remember that they have struggles and trials themselves and our people too. They're not just a number for you. They're not just a, they're just, they're not just an order for you. This is Mary. She raises goats. She has two kids. She's stressed out because her mother is, is in failing health. And you know what? Her box did not arrive on time and she has a craft show this weekend. What do you, like, let's think about who she is as a person. Mm while we're trying to solve her issue. Uh, so being an industry leader is one of the things that helps us like wow the customers. And thank you for that compliment, by the way. That really means a lot to me coming from you. And one of the ways we try to wow our customers, it turns out, is wasn't a deliberate thing. I just knew about seven or eight years ago that I was missing my customer base, right? I had opened a retail store, but I didn't get to work in it very much because like any business, right? And business owner, you have to prioritize what you're working on. And I knew that Brambleberry had bigger growth opportunities than the retail store. So I wasn't working in the retail store as much and I missed my customers. And I was wondering how I could connect with our customers more. And that's when I came up with the idea of writing the SoapQueen.com blog. So I blog almost every day at SoapQueen.com because, and that started out because I wanted to get closer with my customers, because I missed them, because I wanted to see how I could help them and how I could really have a relationship with them without having them be face-to-face. -face. And so social media has been a big area that I feel like Brambleberry does a really good job on 
because we're doing it for the relationship and we're doing it for the authenticity and we're doing it for the right reasons. It's not a medium to just take, take, take or get, get, get. It's definitely something that we do to try and further our relationship with our, our customers. And so that's something I think that any small business can do is really start putting themselves out, figuring out what their brand niche is, figuring out what your values are. And if you want to really the master of figuring out what your values are, uh, there is, of course, the Jim Collins figure out your hedgehog concept in good to great. Mm -hmm. But there's also Scaling Up by Vern Harnish Mm -hmm. is the book for startups to learn how to scale their companies up. And it really goes into how to determine what your values are. So once you figure out what your values are, what your brand specialty, your brand niche is, then it's time to really get out there and start connecting with your potential customers and really putting your best foot forward on social media and having that authentic relationship and that authentic connection. Because every single thing that you put out there on the internet is like one little tiny brick that is going to build your entire brand and your entire house, every little thing you do gets kind of slowly built in there because people want to buy from people they like. People want to buy from people where they know what the story behind the ingredients are. People want to buy when they feel an emotional hook. And that's what social media can really help any small business do is create that wow experience that gives that authenticity that helps to give the emotional hook so that you can sell a product that people do want and do need. What a great summary of how social media, which is practically free in terms of the money that it costs, what a great summary of how we can use social media to build those bricks one step at a time. And over you know, a period of months and years, you do begin to see results. And thank you for sharing that because, you know, but it's hard sometimes for people who are looking to social media and seeing so many success stories that have been built on it. And it does take time. It takes time to do that. But the results are phenomenal. I mean, really, where would any of our businesses be without social media? Absolutely. I absolutely. And, you know, I'm back. It's back in the day when I started Brambleberry, social media was chat rooms and forums, Mm -hmm. right? It was Yahoo news groups. It was AOL chat rooms and that kind of thing. So I was really engaged and involved in all of those mediums back then you know, helping people. My soap failed. And, you know, they're emailing this in a Yahoo News Digest, right? Uh, My soap failed and you're writing back and everybody gets to see your answer. I mean, that was the predecessor to today's blogs and Facebook pages. And so I was doing it back then too. Yes. Yes. It's just evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. Good. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today on our Women, Wealth, and Wow series. We got a lot of information from you about those three topics with such passion and such dedication and such a great example for small businesses to follow. What is your final encouraging thought for indie entrepreneurs as we move forward in this decade, Amory? Oh, my final encouraging thought is that Overnight successes are never overnight successes. They're usually 10 or 15 year successes. Mm-hmm. And daily incremental amounts of small, tiny little effort, one foot in front of the other, even when it's boring, even when you don't feel like it, does produce amazing results over time. And so just start today. Start just today. Start. start building your business. Start building your wealth. Start building your systems. Just start today. Tiny little baby steps. Start today, tiny little baby steps. Great advice from our guest, 
Amory Fayola of Brambleberry.com and also SoapQueen.com if you want to enjoy a fun blog. There's a lot of soap making videos and recipes there, but there's also lots of other fun and encouraging things for you as an entrepreneur as well. I know you will love it. So make sure you check it out. Amory, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Donna Maria. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Anne Marie. And if you did, won't you show us some love on Twitter? If you enjoy this podcast, please send us a tweet. It's so easy. Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love. And you can let your friends know that you enjoy our podcast. I really want to make it useful for you. And if you're enjoying it, please help me out by sharing. And you know, if you can share any ideas or tips or just questions that you have, ways that we can make this podcast better, just let us know. There's a contact link on our website so you can share what you'd like to see and how we can serve you better. I'll see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love. <music>